What a weird game. The Sacramento Kings fall to the Phoenix Suns in what should have kind of was a blowout, but also a near Kings miracle comeback that, to be honest, I'm not reading too far into. Sure, we could talk about the positives of, of the Kings fighting to the bitter end and not quitting, not giving up, but like I've talked about already, Moral victories are a thing of the past for this Kings team. It's about wins and losses. And tonight's game, another loss for the Kings. They're back under 500. And what's even worse is the way the Kings lost. Struggles in the first, but especially third quarters. Old demons from last season coming back to haunt this Kings team. We'll talk about it. Plus, you'll hear from head coach Luke Walton on today's Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off-season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through to December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member covering the Sacramento Kings for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly for Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, uh, and now with ABC 10 Television in Sacramento. And maybe it was because I wasn't in the building. I was not at the Golden One Center, decided to watch this game at home with my uh, my wife and newborn son. Uh, and I heard, I could tell through the television that the energy was off the hook there in the fourth quarter after the Kings, after the, the Kings crowd in the Golden One Center very loudly booed Sacramento's effort in the third quarter. I know there seemed to be some kind of magic happening in that fourth quarter comeback, but I was sitting at home stone-faced. There wasn't an ounce of me that really truly believed, to be honest with you, that the Kings were going to be able to pull that comeback off. It got a lot closer than I thought the Kings had any business uh, getting to. And honestly, even if the Kings did pull off that victory, it, it would have been tremendous. It would have been certainly a more positive vibe, but I would still have been significantly concerned. And honestly, I would have called that more of a complete Phoenix Suns collapse than I would have called it a Sacramento Kings miracle comeback where they stood up to the challenge and faced the Suns and and completely outplayed Phoenix. I, I, I it wasn't that. I mean, the Phoenix Suns they they kind of fell apart. They were making a lot of mistakes. Uh, and and Kings players, to their credit, guys like Chemezi Metu and, and Damian Jones came in after barely playing at all this season, and they were willing to to do what the Kings weren't doing in the second quarter and for most of this game which was play physically. Now, physicality is really the main thing that I'm going to focus on here on this uh, Locked on Kings podcast because physicality is what this Kings team lacked more than anything else last season. Essentially, the 2020-2021 Sacramento Kings were soft. They were a soft basketball team. They got pushed around on a nightly basis, uh, and that was very apparent throughout the entire season. This Kings team this season has been different. They not only have been more physical, they've been trying to 
be the physical initiators, especially on the defensive end of the floor. You look at the play of Davion Mitchell, how he attacks ball handlers. You look at uh, guys like De'Aaron Fox attacking the basket, which he's been struggling to do uh, to this point this season, but did well in the fourth quarter in this game to his credit. Uh, the Kings have been significantly better physically this season, and it's not a coincidence that in games that they are being physical, they're either in those games at the end or they're winning those games. The Kings, with the exception of really two games this season, have been very physical, and that's why we've seen the success that we've had. Uh, they've had to the, this point in the season. But the physicality to start this game, and especially the physicality in the third quarter, was absolutely abysmal. You're going to hear from Luke Walton later on. He calls the third quarter disgusting. I asked Luke Walton about physicality, if that's really the main uh, the main issue. He disagrees with me slightly. He brings up mentality, which I won't talk about too much. You'll, you'll hear him talk about that uh, later on uh, in the podcast. But what I personally see is a team that, for the second straight game, came out uh, to start the game, and they were caught flat-footed. I guess you could use the excuse for uh, the the matinee game on Sunday that the the Kings played early and, and they weren't used to the early start time, plus daylight savings time, blah, 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 blah. I don't view that as an excuse, but okay, maybe if you want to say that, fine. If that's the way you want to spin it, then you can spin it that way. What's your spin for a 7 o'clock tip-off on a Monday night against a Phoenix Suns team that you've already beaten? What's your excuse there? Now, I, I expected the Phoenix Suns, who, by the way, with this win – have won five straight. And by the way, the final score for you, in case you're curious, 109 to 104 doesn't tell the story of this game at all. Well, maybe it kind of does with the fourth quarter comeback. But the Phoenix Suns came into this game winning four straight. You best believe that they were not happy losing to the Kings via Harrison Barnes buzzer beater on their home floor just a couple of weeks ago. They were looking for revenge. They know they're the better team. They know they're the better roster. And they were coming in even without DeAndre Ayton ready to prove it. The Kings were playing uh, without Tyrese Halliburton, which is the first significant injury that this Kings team has had. Maybe Mo Harkless can be considered a significant injury because he's a starter, but Tyrese, as we know, is one of the most important and best players on this Kings team. So no Tyrese, we knew it was going to have a negative effect, but not this drastic of a negative effect. You cannot sum up the Kings' issues in this game to, well, Tyrese Halliburton wasn't playing. Because if you can, then that's a massive problem. Or maybe a massive compliment to Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese is the guy that changes the game physically for the Kings. That's not the case at all. Sacramento, uh, with or without Tyrese Halliburton, they they were playing flat-footed. Uh, they were making a lot of mistakes. They weren't ready to go for the second straight game. And Phoenix jumped out to a 7-0 advantage. Now, to the Kings' credit, they, have, they did what they've done for the majority of this season when the offense isn't necessarily there to start the game, the defense stepped up and at least kept them close so that when the Sacramento Kings shots did start falling, it was really Harrison Barnes, uh, Terrence Davis, and Buddy Heald who were doing the majority of the scoring and, and, and getting the Kings back in the game in the first half. When those shots did start falling, the game was still within reach to where the lead changed a couple of times. And at halftime, I think Phoenix only had a, a, a two-point lead. But to start the third quarter, last season we would see the Kings come out and just get punched in the mouth. Time after time after time after time. If the Kings had a lead, if the Kings were behind, if the game was close, didn't matter. Sacramento was always punched in the mouth for the first couple minutes of the third quarter. And this season, for the most part, we've seen the Kings actually be the ones doing the punching or, if nothing else, able to weather the storm at the start of a second half when teams make adjustments. I know a lot of fans are going to want to blame Luke Walton. I think it's fair to... Look at the 
struggles for the Kings to start the third quarter consistently throughout Walton's time here in Sacramento and recognize the common denominator there. I do believe that Luke does struggle with halftime adjustments. I do believe that Luke is often outcoached by coaches like Monty Williams who make halftime adjustments. But it wasn't just that the Phoenix Suns were playing differently or doing anything different. They were more aggressive defensively. They brought the physicality that the Kings weren't willing to match. And to me, what was most concerning about that entire third quarter was not the fact that the Kings allowed the Suns to score 11 straight, was not the fact that the Kings turned the ball over 10 times, although I was plenty concerned about that 10 times uh, in the third quarter. It's the fact that, once again, I didn't see any leadership. And maybe that guy is Tyrese Halliburton and he wasn't playing. Okay, that's a lot to put on a second-year player, especially when you have a max player in De'Aaron Fox here, or you have a head coach in Luke Walton who maybe should be taking control, or Tristan Thompson maybe is supposed to be that leader as he's been a very vocal leader coming into... like That entire third-quarter stretch, again, I wasn't at the game. I was only seeing what my TV was showing me. I didn't see anybody stepping up. And I'm not just talking about like stepping up on the floor, like putting the team on their back and and trying to carry the Kings through. I'm talking about leadership, communication, trying to light a fire, trying to wake the team up after that slow start. Luke Walton called a handful of timeouts, didn't change anything. Walton called, I think, two timeouts in the first like five minutes of the third quarter. Didn't change anything. Out of those timeouts, the Kings just kept getting punched in the mouth. It was like uh, it was like in between rounds of a very one-sided boxing fight where uh, the the trainer's coming over and the coach is coming over and rubbing the boxer's shoulders. He's bleeding from the nose, bleeding from the eye, and going, "Hey, just duck the left jab, just duck that jab, duck that jab." Okay, go get him, champ! Pow! Left jab hits him in the face again. That's really what it was in that third quarter. So I could put that on Walton. Like you're the head coach, take control do a better job, make sure your message sticks in that third quarter. But I could also just as easily put it on the players for, you know what you're doing wrong. You're being pushed around. It's not just that fundamentally you're not playing well. You're 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 settling for uh, isolation mid-range jumpers because you're not willing to put your shoulder down and fight to to get to the foul line and, and get amongst the teeth uh, of the, uh, the defense, especially with shots not falling on the outside. That's how you score when your shots aren't falling. You you fight, you get to the line, you get in, in around the rim, and the Kings were settling for, for pull-up jumpers because they didn't want to fight. I put that on the players more than the coaches. And then defensively, I mean, the rotations were slow. They were being pushed around. Chris Paul was getting wherever he wanted. Devin Booker was looking like Kobe Bryant. Like, I, I don't necessarily want to use this platform to find anybody to single out and put blame on. I could easily put blame on De'Aaron Fox. You're the leader of this team. You are the star of this team. And until the fourth quarter, he did have a good stretch in the second quarter, but until the fourth quarter, once again, it was like another underwhelming Fox performance. You are the max contract player on this team. You are the head of the snake. Where is your leadership? We know Fox likes to lead by example. He doesn't usually, you don't see him usually chewing anybody out or getting loud or cussing or, or, or trying to light a fire. Maybe he needs to be that guy, okay? Maybe it's not that guy. Then who is it? Who is that guy? I still don't know who that guy is. I still don't know if the Kings have that guy. And look, bad losses were going to happen. We knew bad losses were going to happen this season at some point. And it's one thing if it's a bad loss like what the Kings suffered on Sunday where they just couldn't hit a shot against Indiana. Now, somehow, 
their defense kept them in that game to where they had a chance to win. But there will be a game at some point this season where the Kings lose by double digits because they just can't hit anything. Even if their defense is halfway decent, they can't make a shot. That's going to happen at some point this season coming up. That's a lot easier to swallow for me than a bad loss where the Kings, who have made so much progress, revert back to what made them a terrible team last season, which is being soft, being pushovers. This Kings team tonight was a pushover until Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones came into the game in the fourth quarter and did what none of the rotation players were willing to do with the exception of of a couple of guys. I'm going to talk about that. I'm also going to talk about Marvin Bagley not getting into this game. I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine. You've heard him on Lockdown Kings before. He's one of the hosts of the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins and I, we were just uh, texting back and forth, talking about how Marvin Bagley doesn't find his way into this game during a, a fourth quarter blowout. Now, in the end, Walton deciding to go with those two guys over Bagley ended up being the right decision. We'll get into it because, man, I don't know if Bagley's in the doghouse. I don't know if there's an agreement in place to, to make sure Bagley doesn't hurt himself. I don't know what's going on. But Marvin can't find his way onto the floor, even in a bad blowout loss at the time to the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about that, get into it. And again, you're going to hear from Luke Walton uh, later on in the show. Right now, though, I want to let you know today's episode of Locked on Kings brought to you by Prize Picks, who has the de- best daily uh, NBA fantasy sports prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of, from points to rebounds to field goal percentage. They have it all. All of your, uh, all of the listeners who listen to the Locked On Kings podcast who want to play, you can deposit right now and use promo code NBA to get a 100% instant match up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get an extra $100 uh, to play right then and there. They will match you 100%. You put in 50 bucks, you get an extra 50 bucks. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry And the best part, it's just you versus the projected numbers. You don't have to worry about taking on some professional gambler somewhere who has all the assets that you do not. Check out their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made 60 seconds or less. You can play during the game itself. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well, so you will get the money that you win. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to the App Store or download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You have sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all that other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get all your TV together in one place. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. I have been a cord cutter for a long time, really since like the end of high school, to be honest with you. I have not had a TV package uh, in God knows how long. And I love streaming services. The problem is there's so many of them that sometimes I get confused with like my logins for each one, which show is where. Uh, and half the time I, I realize I sign up for one that maybe I use to watch one or two shows and then I forget that I have it until I see my bill. DirecTV Stream solves that problem. And don't be scared by DirecTV and think, oh man, contracts. That's gone. 
They're truly a streaming service. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. So like I said, I'm not reading too far into the Kings and their near miracle comeback attempt in the fourth quarter. Like I, I was sitting there watching it stone-faced because I wasn't a believer and I wasn't feeling the energy that, that clearly the Golden One Center was feeling. Now, I am not uh, Debbie Downer here. I'm not going to be Grumpy Grinch and, and just say that that comeback was meaningless and it was useless and and blah, 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 and, and, and no sunshine or rainbows here, only dark clouds and pain. Like, there's definitely positives to take out of that. There's, it's encouraging that this Kings team didn't just roll over. It's encouraging that they were able to make a small run into a medium run into what was a 20 to four run in the fourth quarter uh, to make a game out of that, to catch the Suns who are kind of cruising and, and walking with a bit of swagger. They're up 24 points and thinking, oh man, this game's over. We, we, we've won five straight. Uh, the Kings have emptied their bench. This is going to be, this is going to be easy. This is going to be a cakewalk. Like I, I see the positives there and I do give the Kings credit for not giving up. It's just the issues and the, the, the old demons coming back to haunt the Kings from earlier on in the game, especially that third quarter. Those to me are more concerning and more apparent than that near comeback attempt that really is going to convince a lot of people that this game wasn't as bad as it actually was for the Sacramento Kings. That being said, I have to give a ton of credit, a ton of credit to Chemezi Metu uh, and Damian Jones, who Chemezi's only played a little bit this season. He came in recently. I Was it against the Pelicans? No, it was against the Charlotte Hornets. He came in uh, at the end of the game. And then Damian Jones, I don't believe, has played a single second so far this season. Both of those guys uh, really earned... Uh, second contracts with this Kings team, real contracts with this Kings team after being, I think they're both were two way players last season. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they played very well, had their opportunities to play, did have their struggles like defensively. Chemezi Metu had question marks offensively. Damian Jones is, is, is significantly limited, but those are two young guys that fought hard, earned opportunity. And with the adjustments and, and, and rostered changes that the Kings made the additions of more bigs like Alex Len and Tristan Thompson, more reliable bigs, uh, they they found themselves out of the rotation, sitting on the end of the bench most nights, but they've stayed ready. They came into this game, and after watching 30-something minutes of the starters and rotation players being out-physicaled and out-hustled, they came in and said, you know what, this is an opportunity for us. We're going to capitalize on it, and if nothing else, we're not going to allow ourselves to be pushed around. We're not going to be out-hustled. We're not going to be outworked. and they weren't. And that energy created short runs that then De'Aaron Fox stayed out onto the floor and he became a part of it. Davion Mitchell always plays with energy. He fed off of that a little bit. It really started with the play of Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones. And I give Luke Walton a tremendous amount of credit too for leaving those guys in the entire time. It didn't matter that the game got to within like three points or whatever it was. Did not matter you do not go back to your starters or you do not go back to the, the lineup that's been terrible all game long and, and take away, uh, and, and I should say, fail to reward the guys that got you back in in the first place. Now, Fox was still out there. Harrison Barnes was still out there. Davion Mitchell was still out there. So important pieces were still playing in this game. Buddy Heald did come in at the very last possession when the Kings needed a three-pointer, never got a shot off. It was just an ugly, bad possession. But what kind of message would it have sent both Damian Jones 
and Chemezi Metsu if they did all that work and were part of that unit to get the Kings back in it. And Walton said, hey, thanks for all your hard work. Go sit down again, and we're going to put in Rashawn Holmes or Alex Len or whoever the hell who has struggled all game long to close this one out. Like you don't, you don't do that. That's, that's, that's insulting. That's how you lose a locker room. So I, I'm very pleased with Luke Walton for sticking with those guys. Even if in the end, the Kings lost the game. In fact, I think the Kings had a better chance to win the game with those guys staying in, even if Chemezi Metu fumbled uh, that pass from De'Aaron uh, at the very end. I had more faith in them than I did in Rashawn Holmes at that point in time. No disrespect to Rashawn. He just had a bad game. Those guys were playing well. You stick with what is working. I, I appreciate Luke Walton for doing that. And I do appreciate the Kings bench, all of them, the starters, rotation players, all up, all cheering, all active, not pouting. Uh, they were very supportive of those guys uh, playing well. Uh, and that's that's great to see. So those are the main positives that I'm going to guess draw out of myself. I guess I could talk about De'Aaron Fox uh, having a, a very solid first uh, fourth quarter. He was in attack mode, uh, which was good to see. The first time we've really seen Fox try and take over in the fourth, he still wasn't phenomenal. Uh, did finish with 24 points, uh, just second to Harrison Barnes, uh, who had 26 points with the Kings. Eight of 19 shooting. The problem is De'Aaron had a, uh, a an opportunity with uh, a pair of free throws at the line at the end of the game to, I think, make it a one-point game, if I'm not mistaken, and he missed both. And then somehow Devin Booker went back and was fouled the other side, and he missed both to allow the Kings uh, still a chance to tie the game. It was just a weird game. Just a very, very weird game uh, that I want to make sure, even if it does seem like I'm being negative and pessimistic, uh, I want to make sure the true story of this game is being told, which is the Sacramento Kings were not good, not nearly as good as that final score indicates. Marvin Bagley, there, it's it's just curious. There's something something... Something's going on that hasn't really been explained, and maybe it doesn't need to be explained. Like, there are a couple, I guess, logical explanations. One is the the Kings are are completely done with him and and don't see a future with him, but potentially see a future with both Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones. So they want to uh, play guys that they believe one can help them win right away, and two can actually be a, a long term part of the team. I could, I guess, think about that. I could talk about the Kings wanting to. Punish isn't the right word, but wanting to hold Marvin Bagley and his entire camp accountable for the things that they've been saying, hold Marvin's agent accountable for so publicly bashing uh, Monty McNair and the Kings organization after they decided to keep Marvin Bagley out of the rotation to start the season. Uh, they weren't going to bend over and, and, and give or reward that kind of talk, even if it wasn't coming directly from Marvin himself. I could talk about that. I could spin it that way. I also could see, honestly, an agreement being in place, a silent agreement between Bagley's camp uh, and the Kings where they don't want, uh, uh, Marvin Bagley's camp doesn't want Bagley out there playing garbage time minutes because they don't want their client getting hurt again. And that could potentially impact the amount of money that he will probably get uh, in unrestricted free agency this offseason. I don't know what the heck the deal is. I just thought it was very telling that at the time when the Kings were down 24 at the end of the game, it was Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones that were the selections off the bench, and Marvin Bagley was just sitting there doing a whole lot of nothing. Because I could argue that Marvin could have provided more of a spark than both of those guys. We know he's more offensively gifted than both those guys. Defensively, I trust the two of them more than I trust Marvin. Uh, but Marvin's got that, that freak ability to put up points, and he could have been a part of that unit to get the Kings back in the game. But he wasn't. 
So I just thought that was very interesting how the Kings have handled that entire Marvin Bagley situation. You're going to hear from uh, Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton here. Coming up next, I want to make sure, though, that I hear from you. I want to hear your thoughts on this game. Are you concerned? Are you more encouraged by that comeback? Uh, if you were at the game, what was that atmosphere like? Were you part of the Boo Birds? Were you part of the cheers at the end? Uh, are you concerned by uh, old mistakes by the Kings uh, from last season showing up in this game and showing up recently for this team? Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com at any time or leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, love this time of the year. It's starting to get chilly. It's starting to actually feel like winter outside. And with Thanksgiving comes all the good food and all the treats. There's plenty of them every year. But maybe you want a yummy dessert this year that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Right now is truly the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories. That's on the low end, truth be told. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein in them. So replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. Or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat high protein, all covered in 100% chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, you can go for a Built Bar or two right now. Order a mixed box if you haven't already. They'll send you all their different flavors or a bunch of different flavors for you to try. And then you can go back and order the flavors that you want. Specifically, build your own Built Box and keep an eye out for uh, Black Friday sales. There are going to be some great deals uh, coming on Built.com. But we have a deal for you right now. That's using promo code LOCKED15 at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. After the game, here is Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton. He opens up his press conference wanting to praise the team for the fourth quarter effort, but you could tell he was not happy at all and he wasn't making any excuses. Love the fight that that uh, the group showed the the bench. Unfortunately, uh, it took the bench to come in and do that. You know, and again, wins and losses right now, we want to win. Absolutely. But what I'm most disappointed in is wasted opportunities. We let Phoenix take us out of what we're doing and then we gave in. So if, at that point, you know, we might as well just not even play and sit here and have a practice um, with, you know, how we came out in that third quarter. So that, that's what I'm most disappointed in was, you know, we're trying to grow. We're trying to push and get somewhere and, uh, we gave in tonight and I know look it's been f uh, a lot of games whatever it is five and seven it's the end of a five and seven um, and we're getting ready to hit the road again but we have to learn to fight through all that fatigue and um, we didn't do a great job of that tonight 38 points off our turnovers I mean there's we did a lot we you know some of the stuff offensively was fine but the third quarter was disgusting and and we got to take care of the ball so a lot of love to our, you know, guys who haven't been playing that came in and got us back in that game. That's a great learning lesson for our team is that these games, these NBA games are never over. It's never a 19, 20 point lead. It's always cut it to 10. You cut it to 10 in this league with, you know, three minutes to go, you're back in it. So I do think they did a really nice job of getting that message and then going out and getting that job done. And that's a great lesson to learn. Um, but overall, uh, not pleased with, with our, our game tonight. Luke, it was uh, a lot of the turnovers, especially in the third, were 
here and, and Harrison, and then you let them come back in and kind of finish that thing up. What were what was the message having those guys stay in the game and play out that fourth quarter? De'Aaron and Harrison. Yeah. It was just what kind of what I told said right there. I, you know, we we went to you know guys early, and they you know D Jones, Mezzi. Uh, Davion, they started playing with that fire that we've been playing with most of the season, and it was fun. And look, I knew the game wasn't over, so when I put De'Aaron and, and, and Harrison back in, the message was to the group: cut it to ten, just cut it to ten. It's a two. We do two three minute scrimmages all the time. We got a three minute scrimmage right here, um, and you know they you know they they did that they did a nice job of continuing to push and fight through um that was half the message the other half of the message was don't waste opportunity like like get better right now uh so it combined i thought we did that in the fourth quarter um unfortunately we we, we were awful in the third quarter coach turnovers aside you guys have now back-to-back games with slow starts. So, what's what needs to change in order to get you guys going off uh, more of a rhythm, a rhythm, excuse me, offensively, so you guys don't fall behind like you did tonight? Yeah, I, you know, you know, it, look, it was we have to we have to come out and push our pace early. Um, you know, Tyrese is a big part of that. It was just you know we're down six at the end of the first quarter. It's not ideal, but. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's something that we're looking into and it, it's something that needs, needs to be better. Uh, you know, I get it. You know, it's, uh, we're looking to make whatever, um, growth we can make in every aspect of the game. And it's right now that, that, that's not, uh, that's not being performed at a high enough level, uh, for what we need. Coach, that last, that last play, uh, the inbound pass, mm-hmm. um, Three points down. Uh, was that a design play, or did it just fall apart? What happened there? You talking about the one where Chemezi was wide open under the rim? Yeah. Yeah. Design. We had we had two time. We had another timeout. It was we'll take a quick two in that situation. Uh, play the foul game. So yeah, we ran the play. We we executed it. Um, uh, there was uh, we by the time we recognized it was open, uh, you know, we we turned it over. But we got a back pick to the rim for a quick two, and then we got two shooters coming off. Buddy and then Harrison was getting ready to come to the ball too. So, uh, yeah, that was the play designed how how it was meant to be. Coach, how much were you missing Tyrese tonight? Yeah, a lot. You know, especially you know where where Tyrese has been great for us is uh, you know more so this year is when we do get down six or eight points. Where in previous years that's kind of been like a tough turning point for us. Uh, he's done a nice job of kind of picking up the energy and the spirit when it's not there. And uh, we, we definitely missed that out there tonight. Um, we're hopeful to get him back soon, but we, I mean, it's back. We don't know when he's going to be back and we can't just wait for him. We need our guys that are out here ready to play, to step up and uh, keep us playing at a level that we've gotten accustomed to playing at this season. Uh, Luke, on that point about Tyrese, you said you don't know when he's going to be back. Any reason to think it, it could be a, a, an extended absence with him? No, not from uh, that. You know, just from I look, it's, it's a back. You know, sometimes your back goes out on you. It goes for a day. Sometimes it goes longer. But there's no made. There's no injury that uh, that we're concerned about. It's just you can't play until the the back is loose. Okay. Um, it, you know, as the coach, do you 
do you want the team to put the focus on all the things that got you in a 24 point hole or, or do you want them you know to, to think about the things that got them out of that hole and and secondly does a comeback like this maybe help um, stave off what could have been maybe a little bit worse uh, kind of psychological blow for a team that's trying to establish an identity here? Yeah, um, I want them to focus on both because it's it's they're just I mean right it's it's it, they're th th the same on each side of the equation. Uh, we want to hang on and feel what it felt like to just get pretty much punked out there in that third quarter because that didn't feel good for anyone. Uh, including the people, the fans in the building. Nobody enjoyed that. And that should hurt and we should hold on to that. And we should also focus on the the intensity we played with in that fourth and how we used the, the you know, the pressure they were applying to our advantage. And, uh, you know, it, I don't think we got our first backdoor cut until uh, D Jones hit Harrison late in the fourth. They're overplaying everything. You know what I mean? Like that, if they're going to play that way, those are options. So, uh, we need to, to feel and focus on both, uh, but we should be uh, we should be very uh, upset with our our performance tonight. Hey, Luke. Uh, last season, slow starts to the second half were were an issue for this team. This is the first season or first time this season we've really seen an extended stretch of both the offense and defense uh, struggling at the same time. Does it really come down to as simply as just being out physical to physicality, or is it fundamental issues that you saw? What is the difference that you've seen with this team correcting that issue this year versus last year? It's more of a mentality um, that that um, that we've done a nice job this year of not, you know, of, of being mentally strong throughout uh, these games and, and being in, in all of them and, you know, splitting them. Um, and for whatever reason tonight, it, it felt different. It, it didn't feel like that same. When it was happening, it, we you know, we got guys out here we know can get it done. Let's go get it done. And, and it felt like we gave into it for the first time. So uh, as long as that was a one-time thing, then we'll move on from it. Uh, but we got to make sure that that's fixed by the by this road trip. I actually like a lot of what I heard from uh, Luke Walton from that press conference. Wasn't making excuses, owned how, in his own words, disgusting the third quarter was, uh, and he's absolutely right. Um, this Kings team now has a, a day off. They're heading back out onto the road, have some very winnable games uh, coming up. So if you want to fix these mistakes, exercise these demons, figure things out, uh, now is the time to do so before things get out of hand and you get into a hole. I won't say I'm overly concerned yet, but if we see this lack of physicality in a third or fourth straight game, that's when I'm going to start uh, wondering whether or not the great start to the season was the anomaly or not. But truth be told, I really don't think that's going to happen. I think the Kings will be able uh, to figure this out, get back to playing the, the way that we're playing. I think that's more true to their identity uh, than this, uh, this slow, terrible, uh, soft third quarter was in this uh, this game here tonight. So uh, make sure you continue to tune into the Locked on Kings podcast ever, after every single game. On tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined uh, by my friend Jay Mars from Sports 1140 KHDK, former co-worker of mine. He and I are going to chop it up. Of course, we'll talk about this game. We'll talk about the concerns uh, of the, the physicality issues. I'm sure we'll talk about De'Aaron Fox. We're going to do just kind of a, a broad, very early progress report after 11 games uh, for this Kings team. We'll talk through all of that. So if there's anything specific that you want to to touch on in this progress report, please send that to me. Uh, also, send your thoughts, your comments, 
Any questions that you have, want to talk Kings basketball, uh, let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can tweet me publicly or DM me privately there. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com, uh, or uh, leave your thoughts down in the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube. I appreciate all your support as always. By the way, Tyrese Halliburton missed this game uh, with back soreness. The Kings, Luke Walton, they wouldn't give any kind of indication of when he would be back with a a back injury it could be no time at all it could be a little while longer than expected but i i imagine he will be back at some point during this road trip hopefully hopefully sooner than later because we know this king's team uh needs tyrese especially with their half core offense so any updates that come out with that i'll be sure to talk about it on a future podcast and uh, and tweet about it uh, on my uh, social media accounts appreciate your support as always can't wait for you to join me on the next episode until then my name is matt george you've been listening to locked on kings part of the Locked On Podcast Network.